Today's podcast is presented to you by Pastor Shelley Swan of Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Today I'm going to talk to you about um, something that has been on my heart. I see this a lot um, out in the community when I go you know, to restaurants and I see different uh, things and I see people distracted distracted from the, the people that are sitting right in front of them. How many of y'all have ever gone into a restaurant and there's, you know, a couple sitting there and instead of looking into each other's eyes, they're looking into their phones and they're looking and they're looking and they're looking and they're not even acknowledging the person that's right there present with them. You know, so many times in our life we can get distracted from... Uh, the different things that pull at us. And I want to go to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to have all the scriptures up here. I'm going to be using some different translations. Um, You can turn in your Bibles to them, but I'll have them up here on the screen as well. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. This is from the New Living Translation. And it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So God has called us to live, you see, by the scripture. He said, carefully, wisely, with thought and understanding. Does this sound like your life? Or does your life sound a little more like this? Endless to-do lists. One thing right after the other. Packed schedules. Running from one event to another. Hurried and aggravated by anybody who gets in your way and slows you down. Phones and computers buzzing incessantly with notification after notification. Text after text. And TV's always on. Which one of those sounds like your life? You know, when that happens and you're caught up in that frenzy, you keep telling yourself that someday you'll have more time. Someday you'll have more time for the people around you. But the sad thing is, you're always looking into the future and putting it off. That someday is out there somewhere. You keep telling yourself, yeah, I'll be able to get everything under control someday out there. But you know what? Someday is no way to live your life. Distraction overload, it robs us of our sensibility. It distorts what's truly important. And it causes you to focus on details that tomorrow, next week, next year, they're not going to matter in the grand scheme of things, those little details that we yell at our kids about and we get upset with our husband about and we, you know, get mad while we're driving, those little things, they're not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. And we just keep overloading ourselves and overloading ourselves and being distracted until one day we finally come undone. And the sad part is, is when we come undone, you know, the people that usually pay the price are the people right there that are the closest to us. When behind closed doors, we lose it with our children, 
when we've been distracted all day and we've been hurried and we've been rushed, and then that little child does the slightest little thing and they get our wrath. Let's don't live like that anymore. Let's don't take out our frustrations on the people that we're supposed to love the most. See, what we miss in life, we're never going to be able to get it back. When we try to balance all these things, we're missing out on the important things that are right in front of us. Don't put off your life until someday. Invest your time, your energy, and love into today. Let go of the distractions and open your arms up to lovingly connect with those he has put in your life. What if you missed hearing the best part of your child's day because you were on the phone? What if you missed a chance to inhale the sweet scent of your energetic child because you insisted on folding that basket of laundry before bedtime? What if you missed a chance to console your worried spouse because of your mile-long to-do list? What if you missed hearing an unknown childhood memory from your aging parent because you were just too busy to call? What if you missed a divine cloud formation in the sky because you were racing to the bank or the post office, the grocery store, before you had to pick up your kids? What if one day you realized that all the opportunities you missed just couldn't be retrieved? It was already too late. What if one day you realized the best moments in life come in the mundane every moments? but you were only fully present on the special occasions? What if, instead of rushing through the small details of your daily life, you occasionally paused and offered your presence? What if you turned away from the distractions that monopolize your time and attention and actually grasped the sacred moments passing you by? Turn off the music in the car. Sit next to your child as he plays. Lie in bed with her after you say goodnight. Bend down. Look him in the eye when he talks to you. Hug your husband. And don't let go right away. Tell him something you've been meaning to say. Do these things and see what just might unfold. Once the moment is over, reflect back on the moment and realize this painful truth. If I had not paused, that precious moment is what I would have missed. Amen. See, we're talking today about living with open arms. Not being so distracted that we miss those wonderful moments that God puts right in front of us. See, and I'm not talking about giving up technology altogether. We need our phones. In fact, a lot of you today, most people don't even have a home phone anymore. They have this, and this is their lifeline, but it's just a tool, okay? Use it as a tool. Living with open arms does not mean ignoring your job responsibilities, your volunteer obligations, or your home duties, but it makes, it, what it is is making a conscious decision to temporarily lay aside those things. You know, we can go 15 minutes without our phone. 
I know some of you that's hard because it's in your pocket and as soon as you hear it buzzing or you walk by and you're always checking, did anybody call? Did anybody call? Is there any notification on there? But what it means is laying aside those distractions temporarily and giving your undivided attention to the people that are right in front of you. See, there are opportunities to pause and have meaningful connections with the people around us. That happens every day. But most of the time we miss it. If we're so intent on our obligations, on our notifications, on the TV, my show's on, we're missing that little child putting that puzzle together on the floor. And that moment may never come again. And it's not just the children. It can be the parents in your life. Don't take them for granted. Don't take your parents for granted. Talk to them. Hug them. Every opportunity that you get. See, if we want to make... Oh, wait, this is good. The only person who can protect your time is you. And you have to create boundaries around those distractions that are always vying for your time. We have to create those boundaries in our life. If we want to have strong relationships, we must make an investment of time, attention, and love by temporarily ditching those distractions and being fully present, looking people in the eye. You know, eye contact means so much to people. Have you ever talked with someone and they don't look at you? They're looking off and people just want to be seen. I mean, there's times I'm rushing through the grocery store. I was at a restaurant this week and I was, had a group with me and I'm rushing and I'm trying to get a table for them and I went up to order and I'm trying to go through the line. And this young man came up. He was working there and he stood there. I told Stormy it broke my heart. Because he came up and he stood right in front of me. And I'm trying to hurry, you know, to get back to my group. And he stood right in front of me. And he said, um, he had his hands like this. He was really insecure. And he said, um, this is going to sound really weird, but could I, could I ask you a question? And he wasn't even the one taking my order. And I'm like, okay, you know, hurry it up. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, um, it might sound weird or you might think I'm dumb. And I said, no, it's fine. And I'm looking at him then. I'm, I'm like, what, what is it? And he said, you look like someone that I used to know. And I said, okay. And again, I'm looking at him trying to figure out. And the restaurant I was at, they wear these, these hats that kind of cover most of their face. And he had on these big glasses. So I really couldn't see, you know, the majority of his face. And, and I'm looking at him. And he sa- I said, well, answer this question, and it'll probably tell, tell whether you do know me. I said, where are you from? And he said, Clovis. And I said, I'm probably that person then. And I look at him, and I said, I'm still, you know, because a lot of times I taught school, so I, see, I saw these kids when they were 12, 13, 14, 15, and now they're grown men and women, and I have to really look them in the face to try to figure out who they are. And, and he said... He told me, he said, I'm so-and-so's son. And I said, oh my gosh. And so I said, come here and give me a hug. And he came around the counter and I hugged him. And I could tell he was broken. I know in his life he's made a lot of bad choices. And he's been kind of put out by the church. So I said, are you living in Lubbock? And I got to invite him to church, and I'm hoping and praying he's going to come here. Because if not, I know where he works. And I'm going back to find him. 
But I would have missed that opportunity had I just been rushing through and hurrying and looking at my phone and not making eye contact with the people that are there in front of me. So make sure you're looking. Um, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 19. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. I'm going to read it from the message version. It says, this is what God says. The God who builds a road through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves, the God who summons horses and chariots and armies, they lie down and then can't get up. Those were the great things that God did in the past. Those were some of the great stories. But the prophet said, they're snuffed out like so many candles. But forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. See, God is at work all around us doing new things. His things. But if my hands are so busy doing other things, I will miss them. If my body is present, but my mind isn't, I'm going to miss those opportunities. If I hold on to distraction and do not open my arms to what really matters, I will miss the special moments time and time again. Every now and then, I experience reminders, moments when my child suddenly looks grown up or says something profound. Moments when time slaps me in the face and says, pay attention, this won't last forever. Every now and then, I need to be reminded that having to sweep up the crumbs beneath his chair is really not a problem. I need to be reminded that the times when he grasps my hand and we cross a busy street, or he asks me to come here and see a ladybug, those are moments I need to stop and savor. I need to be reminded that I could complain less, cherish more, and let go of the have-tos and say yes more often. Amen. I need to be reminded that even though sunsets and goodbyes happen every single day, each one should be treated as if it's the last. I need to be reminded that real living happens when I peel away the distractions and hold my perfectly imperfect life tenderly in my hands. Because that day will come sooner than I think when I stand inside his bedroom closet and I'll be able to see the floor. There will be no brightly colored clothes haphazardly hanging from hangers, no dirty socks that miss the mark of the hamper. And I'll place my hand on all that's left And when I do, I'll be so grateful that I hugged him that day rather than scolding him for writing his name inside the closet on the wall. Because in the end, a moment of exasperation is just as much of a gift as a moment of joy, but without the pretty packaging. So I intend to keep grasping the reminders and live with open arms 
And someday I'll be grateful I didn't miss my life. See, living with open arms is not about being perfect. It's not about being hyper-focused on the people you love. It's simply about making a conscious effort each and every day to connect with them. You know what it looks like? It looks like togetherness. It looks like communication. It looks like forgiveness. And it looks like unconditional love. See, we have to continually ask ourselves if our Wi-Fi connection is taking precedence over our human connections. Amen? That, that really hit me hard. You know, are we so focused on our Wi-Fi connections? We have our iPads and we have our laptops. But we have people around us that are, their heart's cry is for us to connect with them. See, I have today. Yesterday is gone. All the mistakes, all the failures, all the poor choices, the things I wish I could do over, they're gone. Today stands before me with arms wide open, and all I have to do is grasp it. Today, let me appreciate, this is my prayer. I fail to appreciate the feeling of her small body in footy pajamas until she suddenly outgrows them and declares, I want regular pajamas, ones that don't have feet. Today, let me appreciate the perfect size and shape that he is right now, today, in this moment. Today, let me appreciate my child I fail to appreciate those odd mannerisms that drive me crazy until we are separated for a time. And suddenly, I long to hear one of those silly quirks. Today, let me appreciate the gum chewing, the knuckle cracking, and even the humming. Because when I hear these things, I know that I am the company of my love. Today, let me appreciate my husband that you have placed in my life. So different from me, but exactly what I need. I fail to appreciate the richness of my life until I walk down the busy street and see sadness on the fringes. Those with empty hands, empty eyes, and empty souls. Today, let me appreciate the fact that I have known love in my life. And let me share it with one who has not. Today, let me appreciate the value of spreading kindness. I fail to appreciate the wrinkles, the bulges, and the sags until I reflect on all that I have endured to be where I am today. Today, let me appreciate each beautiful memory of my life that is etched across my face and body. Today, let me appreciate the positive value of growing older. Today, let me appreciate the sun, even when it's behind the clouds. Today, let me appreciate the goodbyes, even when it's not our last. Today, let me appreciate the goodness, even if I have to dig a little to find it. Today, let me appreciate the gifts in the mundane, ordinary moments that are graciously given to me, because even though they're far from perfect 
and sometimes things are messy and hard, these are the moments that make up a lifetime. And for this, anything but small miracle that is my life, I am thankful. Amen. See, I think we think that all the memories, they're the, you know, trips to Disney World. They're the proms. They're the cruises. They're those big, elaborate holidays. And, you know, we take a lot of pictures at those times. But you know what our children are probably going to remember? They're going to remember the nights when you sat down with them and you tucked them in. And you scratched their back and their arms. And they told you their dreams. You know what they're going to remember? The times when they woke up in the morning and they walked in and you looked at them. You were happy to see them. Good morning. How did you sleep? And you gave them the big hugs. They're going to remember that when they came home from school, you picked them up. You weren't busy talking on your phone. They're going to remember that you said, did you have a good day? I missed you. You know, my grandson, he plays baseball. He has a lot of games and it's, we were laughing the other night. He has his other grandparents, one set of them here, and we were laughing because he gets up and he's swinging, and he's getting ready to hit that ball. And he always makes an effort. He turns around. He tries to do it real slick. And he checks his fan section to see who's there watching him. Who is there when my granddaughter, you know, is out on that soccer field? You know what she wants to hear when she's done? You played a good game. I love to watch you play. Those are the things that they're going to remember. Those big things are great. It's awesome to be able to do those things. But you know what? These moments, those small moments every day are what make up a lifetime. And those moments don't happen when we're rushing around. But when we slow down and realize that God is in the everyday, ordinary moments. Last uh, Saturday, I'd been gone. I went to a, a women's conference, and I got home. I'd have to dr- drive back from Dallas, and I was really tired, but I hadn't seen my grandkids. And uh, their mom is out of town at a state track meet, so I told Stormy I want to run over there and see them. Of course, I'd bought them a gift. That's what I like to do, just something small, and I went over. And uh, they, Kate said, Grammy, come watch me on the trampoline. Well, I was tired. I wanted to say you know what, Grammy's tired, I've been at a conference, and I just want to go home and get ready, tomorrow's going to be an early day, I was like, okay, so we went out the back door, and Cade started jumping, of course, then Taylor sees that someone's out there watching, they have an audience, so they run out, and they proceeded to show me all their tricks, and I, you know, the sad thing is, I'm sitting there thinking, when was the last time that I took time to just watch them? to just watch them play. And they proceeded to show me, and they're really good. They can do flips, and, you know, once one started, and then they had the basketball, and they were showing, then Poppy came out. They were like, Poppy, Poppy, get on the trampoline with us, because I was telling him what a good flip Poppy does on the trampoline. (laughs) You know, and his first reaction was, he's like, I don't want to get all sweaty, it's hot. And they were like, no, Poppy, come on. So pretty soon, Poppy got on the trampoline, and they were jumping and doing their flips. And, and then their daddy, Matt, came out, and, 
And uh, then they started, of course, playing, you know, who can shoot the farthest basket? And it just, we were creating a memory for those grandkids. You know what? They, They need to know. The people in your life need to know that you have time for them. You know, you have time for them. I hate it when I see people, and I've been guilty myself. I'm going to raise my hand. They're so focused on making sure they get the perfect picture so they can post it on Instagram or Facebook that they're missing. They're looking here instead of here at those people out there. And I love pictures. I want to capture them. I want to have pictures that I can remember. But don't get so caught up that we miss what's right here in front of us. I want to read Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It talks about this, these everyday, ordinary moments. I love this from the message version. Verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12 says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, and you know this only comes from God's help. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping eating, going to work, and walking around life, that's our everyday normal life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Now is the time Now is the time to look into their eyes until they succumb to sleep. Now is the time to say, I love you. So many times you lose your voice. Now is the time to hold them until your arms grow tired. Now is the time to laugh until your belly hurts. Now is the time to whisper prayers of gratitude until you account for every blessing. Now is the time to perceive ordinary moments as gifts. Now is the time to live in this moment. Now is the time. Now is the time to live with open arms. Amen. See, we have to begin to see the big picture. How we invest in our families today will be the payoff in the future that we have in that relationship. You invest nothing, and guess what you get back? Nothing. We have to invest today for that payoff in the future. See, ask yourself this question. Does the time and attention I currently offer to the people in my life tell them, does it convey that they're a priority in my life? You know, of course God should be our first priority. Because if we don't spend time in his presence, how are we going to have anything else to give to the people around us? But we must begin to invest in them. Show that they're a top priority in our life. See, if our days are spent hurrying and rushing around in this frenzy from one activity to another, we develop this tunnel vision and all we see is the next thing. Okay, I finished this. Check. What's next on my calendar? If you're like me, I do keep my calendar on my phone so I can have it everywhere I go and know what's next. 
But when we're rushing around, it's this tunnel vision. And, okay, I finish this, and at 3 o'clock I have this appointment, and then at 5 o'clock we have this practice, and then at 7 o'clock we got to get you in bed because it's time. It's time. We have no time to make memories. No, no. It's time to, we have to hurry up for this schedule. This schedule demands of us. And, yes, I'm thoroughly one that follows a schedule, and I think it's good. But we have to make time and room and have space in our planners. Have that free space in our schedule. If every moment is an activity and scheduled, where does your family fit in? Where do they fit in into that planner, into that calendar? Psalm 46.10 is a great scripture. Psalm 46.10, very well known. See, so many times we try to do it all. We do it all. Some people may even ask, man, how do you get so much done? How do you do it all? We can do it all for a time, but I'm going to tell you, it'll cost us in our mental health. It'll cost us in our physical health. Our spiritual health, when we're rushing around and doing too much. Psalm 46.10 gives us a secret to help us. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. You know, I've never really liked that verse very much. Because I'm kind of that do-it-all kind of person. And I never really like that. I'm not one to just sit and be still a lot of times. But I think that's a, a, a good thing that we need that. We've got to have that time where we're in the presence of the Lord. We have to slow down and take time to read his word. To have time to listen to God's voice. And when we do that, then he's going to take care of all those other things. You know, it's, it says in the New Testament, seek first the kingdom of God, and then what? All the other things are added to your life. We have to spend time with him. Um, I found this quote. This is the book I got my inspiration from for this message. It's called Hands-Free Mama. And it says, just listen to your heart and let God lead you. Just let things happen. The most meaningful moments arise unplanned. Stop trying to control. I'm raising my hand. Just let things be. Just let things be so you can live. God, help me to notice the good, to see the high marks on the report card before I see the low ones, to see his beautiful swimming form before I notice what place he comes in, and to see, his, to see she dresses herself before I notice the winter boots and the tank top combination. To see he's made his own breakfast before I notice the cereal scattered across the counter. To see the artistic flair in her creation before I notice the mess. To see his love for music before I notice the out-of-tune notes. To see the efforts and the attempts before I see the mistakes and the shortcomings. To see the beauty and the goodness before I see the flaws and the imperfections. And to see the opportunities before I notice the inconveniences. To see the promises of each day before I notice the challenges. This is how I want to live, with open arms. To notice the good, always the good, before anything else, 
and above all else. Notice the good above all else, before all else. So you know what? As we get a handle on these external distractions, the, the phones, the iPads, the TV, all the, the schedule, all the things out here that try to vie for our time, there's other distractions that are just as damaging as those things. And those are messages of shame, inadequacy, fear, doubt, and criticism that are trying to bombard us always in our minds. Those messages of, of you're not enough, always trying to bombard us, just like our phone dings. Ding with a notification. Ding, someone sent you a message on Facebook. Ding, someone commented on your Instagram. We have doubts and fears that are always trying to bombard us, always trying to tell us that you're not a good mom, you're not a good dad, you're not enough, you're going to fail. Those messages are always trying to bombard us. Um, Revelations chapter 12 talks about where that comes from, where those accusations come from. And we know we have an accuser in this world, and his name is Satan. He's the accuser. In, uh, this is the section, Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. It talks about this war that we're in. And it says, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him, this is the good news, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So we have this accuser. It says day and night. He's bringing these accusations. You know, if you ever read the book of Job, it's really hard to read. I don't recommend it. But it's, all, it's about those accusations. Satan was the accuser. You're not this. You're not that. And we have these messages of inadequacy that bombard us. You're not good enough. They're always coming at us. Those negative thoughts and words cause us to focus on our flaws and imperfections and encourage unrealistic standards and shallow measurements of our worth. Today, I vow, I vow to stop measuring my worth by the circumference of my waist, the cleanliness of my house, and the state of my children's hair when they walk out the door. I vow to stop measuring myself by how fast I can run a mile, the marks on my child's report card, and how many academic degrees hang on my wall. I vow to stop measuring myself by the number of bulges, sags, wrinkles, and scars on my body. Because in reality, these things don't matter. The only thing that really matters is this. I'm a loving mother to my children, 
and I am raising them to be kind and loving people, and that is enough. Amen. That is enough. So we have to begin to silence that inner critic and stop the negative thoughts and talk and instead exchange it for words of affirmation, positive words, positive thoughts, and begin to believe that we are enough. We have to put the word of God into our hearts and let it transform us. Romans chapter 12, I read verse 1, verse 2 goes on to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what we've got to do. The word of God comes in when those thoughts are bombarding us. The word of God changes how we think of ourselves. It changes the words that we say. That It silences that inner critic in our heart. And it goes on to say, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Today I wish, I wish you victory against the cruel inner voice to see self-acceptance truly is a choice. I wish you victory against the worries that fill your mind to seek contentment that you shall surely find. I wish you victory against the tunnel vision that blinds your view from the exquisite beauty that radiates from you. I wish you victory against dark thoughts that invade your sleep, to, be in, to instead be filled with God's peace that you shall forever keep. And through the victory that comes with each passing day, a melody to fill your heart for you, my friend, I pray. Loving messages become more and more clear, drowning out the haunting voice of inner doubt and fear. And finally, you will hear it, and life will truly begin the victory song of self-acceptance that only comes from within. I'm not exactly sure what my victory song of self-acceptance will sound like, but I believe it will contain words like capable, brave, and strong. And it will have phrases like, you are enough and you are worthy. I'm quite hopeful I will be hearing a lot of one particular phrase. You are beautiful and you are God's masterpiece. From now on, those loving words will come from within as I am convinced of the love my Father God has for me, and I will live with open arms to the people in my life. Amen. So when negative thoughts, those negative words, sometimes even some of you speak things over yourselves. You speak negative. I'm so stupid. I'm a horrible mom. I made all these mistakes. You've got to put the word of God into your heart. Let it transform you. You know what? When those thoughts are coming again, one of my tricks is I put on worship music. I put on good music, music like you heard today. When the fear tries to come against you, well, what if your kids are going to do this? What if your husband leaves you? When that fear comes and you're afraid to face tomorrow, you sing songs like, you make me brave, you make me brave. No fear can hinder now the promises you made. You put that word in you. Put the word of God in you and it'll silence that inner critic that's within you. And part of you changing those negative thought patterns and words is forgetting about the mistakes in your past and forgiving yourself. When we give grace to ourselves, we will also more readily offer it to the people in our lives. So what I want to leave you with today is this thought. Every single day, 
I am faced with choices on how I spend my precious time. The choices I make matter. The choices I make are critical. The choices I make mean everything. Because it is in the moments that I choose what matters over distraction that I make lasting connections and create priceless memories with the people I love. I realize that there will come a day when those loving human connections and beautiful memories will be all I have left. So in the meantime, I choose to keep open arms to what really matters. Time. With each passing day, I accomplish so much. Yet when it comes to the things that really matter, I accomplish so little. But not today. Time, today I'll not waste you. Time, today I will not take you for granted. Time, today I will make the most of every second you have to offer. Time, today I'll be thankful. Thankful for You have not run out on me. Thankful that I still have time to kiss her face and tickle her belly and count her freckles. Today I'll be thankful for time because you haven't run out on me, not yet anyway, because I know full well that you can and you have for some precious souls who thought they would have time tomorrow to kiss, to laugh, to hug, to dance, to run, to play, to live. But time ran out. So today I will be thankful for the time I have and live with open arms. Amen. Let's all stand up today. You know, at the, for, in the conclusion of this, I hope that you've been challenged to spend time, to make time, to be present and live with open arms for the people that God's put in your path. The people that God brings across your path. Open your eyes that you can see them. And I know some of us have made some mistakes and we realize, man, I've I've been distracted. I've been that one that has rushed around and I have not made my family a priority. I haven't made spending time with God a priority. While they sing this song, I want you to examine your own heart. And if there's things that you've made mistakes about, just say, God, I'm sorry. I want to do better. I want to honor the people that you've placed in my life. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.